By watching or listening to this show, you are acknowledging that you are of legal age to purchase and consume cannabis in your region. This production is for adults only. This is the Business of Cannabis, a joint venture between the Green Generation Co. and the Cannabis 101 podcast. Bringing you the latest bud, biz, buzz. Looking forward to chatting with uh, the the wanderer, Malka LaBelle, on the business of cannabis. Of course, you can find her at www.greengencompany.com and find out how Malka can help you. As Malka, you are back in Alberta. I don't know if you were the one that brought the snow back with us because we got dumped on in Edmonton uh, this past weekend. We, we, we got green grass now that I'm looking at. It's starting to melt away. But uh, how what's it like being back in Alberta after uh, so much time that you spent out in BC? I thought you were taking up permanent residence. So was I. <laughs> I wanted to. That's for sure. It was gorgeous in British Columbia. Oh my gosh, the scenery everywhere was unreal. Um, I'm happy to be home and sleeping in my own bed and with my stuff around me, but the rest of this world is just, I don't know what to call it. We're in bizarro times, different things, rules, lockdowns, people that are sick that weren't before. It's been really bizarre the last few weeks. I have to say it's been weird. Yeah, it's uh, and unfortunately, yeah, we're back in that uh, kind of uh, phase one again. And, uh, you know, hopefully as we go, more people will get vaccinated and we can certainly push on through this and get out and enjoy um, some cannabis, uh, which is uh, a new dirty word, cannabis and hemp. That's what we're going with in the lead here. Why is cannabis and hemp the new dirty words? They're dirty because people don't understand what they mean or have the positive benefit they don't understand the positive benefits to them. They still think that they're a big box of unknown Pandora's box. I think that was the the explanation. So what this is, is that this has been uh, essentially a summary of my journey through trying to find funding, access to money, um, or just trying to clear hurdles for my clients. So this is essentially a cumulative summary of working with um, cannabis, cannabis related or entirely hemp based companies. Um, since 2018 and have, I feel like I've hit every single roadblock that you can possibly uh, find and having to navigate around them has been like almost impossible because every other opportunity, so to speak, I've either already figured it out that it's not a possibility or for some other reason, it's a no go. So this is a summary of the dirty things that people think cannabis should not be allowed to do. Um, So the summary is Uh, Don't use that word, (laughs) cannabis or hemp, in anything that you're doing as it interfaces with governments, funding, banks, etc. What I've learned is that the better words, so I wanted to be solution-oriented in this talk because it's been a painful, like, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall of every conversation and losing my voice sometimes just because I'm explaining it so many times over. So the better words are sustainable, green, plants. agra related (laughs) um but don't use the word cannabis or hemp at all um basically um anything when i've talked about what it means to be green any of those things are better pseudonyms than cannabis or hemp um in this case 
And really this has to do with the conservative style or conservative nature of different people that grant funding. So like COVID relief, for example, um, COVID relief, regional benefits, banks. Uh, we talked about some of these before. So here's my solution and how I uncovered this. One of the first groups that I talked to that essentially said, this is the problem is that if you call it cannabis, you're gonna get blackballed everywhere. Well, that was Lindsay Blackett from the Tabor Grasslands Collective. Now, Lindsay formerly was an MLA. So he was in government before getting into the cannabis industry. So he knew that sort of going in. That if you talk about things that people don't know about, they're just going to say no. And those, so they developed the Tabor Grasslands Collective, which is essentially, or sorry, cooperative, collaborative. So they even didn't even use cooperative because that's actually a legal entity. Um, so collaborative is their, was their workaround in that space. So they are essentially an agra business, both indoor and outdoor cannabis research facility um, in Tabor. And they're working with a research uh, facility in order to do the work that they're doing. So they got funding from a research agricultural perspective. Um, I got a denial letter from Alberta Innovates on a hemp-based product line, my hemp buyer solutions uh, thing that I'm working on. And even though the, the application was solid, like we have really good customer demand, there's a lot of people interested in that product. As soon as the word hemp was involved or cannabis offset or cannabis waste product, anything related, even though the, our application was completely solid and we were told this is amazing, this is gonna go through by everyone in the system, as soon as it came up against people that didn't know what cannabis and hemp could do other than just get high with, <laughs> as soon as they saw it, denied. And we're talking about a $10,000 micro voucher from Alberta Innovates, which you think would be a little bit of an easy uh, sell for them, but nope, denied. Um, MyTax is another one. They're a group of research group uh, with the ethics uh, board of the research of Calgary, you know, just Calgary behind them. They said, sorry, this is, wasn't, they weren't sure what to do with this and from an ethic, ethics standpoint. So they don't deny, they did not want to go forward with our application. COVID relief, regional relief. So that's, again, Alberta-based funding. Uh, administered through Alberta women entrepreneurs, who I thought would be really, you know, progressive and diversity and we've got women in the table. Nope. Cannabis sativa was the ingredients in some of our products on that, on the, on the, uh, on the hemp business. Cannabis sativa next to it says hemp seed oil, because you can buy that at the grocery store and, you know, put it in your cooking. But because cannabis sativa was in one of the ingredients on our website, it's actually in several next to hemp seed oil, got denied from that one as well. And um, that was COVID re regional relief for a business that has a huge demand and a ton of um, awesome products. And the only thing stopping us is the cash flow situation. Um, ATB denied everything that I had tried to get funding through them, even though they're the most progressive out of all of these or institutions. And I've spoken to everybody in that company that has anything to do with essentially with cannabis. And they explained it to me. They're like, they don't understand anything other than the group that we're talking about. And so therefore they don't have a, a way to navigate when the things don't fit in their mold. And so it has to do with your NIAC score, which is a banking code or an industry code that's assigned to your account when you get a, a, a cannabis or when you get a bank account as a business. And if that NIAC code has something to do with cannabis or your business is somehow related, even if you don't directly touch the plant, Good luck ever changing that. So you might as well just stop now and start over and do not use cannabis and hemp in any kind of communication with anyone that issues money or even sometimes insurance as we've heard before. And it's really what I found, the point of all this is that particularly the Alberta government, this is not the same case in BC. BC is way more progressive. And that was a cool thing about uh, that I learned along the way. They have, the Alberta government has no interest in advancing 
anything around the science, technology, or innovation are having to do with hemp or cannabis. They're completely, it's not a, not part of their uh, mandate. And that's why is that it's trickling down to all of these things because they're ultimately in control. So the only time it does come up for renewal is guess what? When there's an election. Fortunately, we have one of those coming maybe federally in the next year, maybe, maybe provincially, maybe even in definitely municipal, in the municipality of Calgary. That's when politicians care about this stuff. So the message here is go talk to your MLA, go talk to your MP as an individual and tell them how cannabis has impacted your life positively, whether with economics, with jobs, with you know medicine that's not paid for by the government. Maybe having some more positive stories from individuals that have been positively impacted, talking to their MLA or MP directly, I think that's the only real way to change their minds uh, because as a government, they really don't care. Yeah, well, I, I'd be shocked if we didn't see a different provincial government in, in this province after everything that's gone on and not to turn this into a political show, but that is how you're going to get the message out is you're going to have to talk to the people that are running and, and make them aware of this. And listen, I, you know, I, I, I think it's, you know, very smart for different companies to work around this with different words, but that's not a long-term solution. The, you know, we have to keep talking. We have to keep putting pressure on people. We have to get this change so that the uh, institutions you were talking about do pay attention and don't run away and hide when it's something they don't understand. People fear what they don't understand in, in, in every walk of life. Uh, so while it's a workable solution right now, it's not sustainable, and we need to get that message out. And the getting that message out is getting in the ear of the politicians, just like people got in the ear of the Liberals and Justin Trudeau won the election, in my opinion. Uh, you know, a big part of that was due to cannabis. For sure. And just actually as a side note to the, just about the election piece, it's also really about the normalization from a proven economic yes. standpoint. So one of the things we talked about is businesses in cannabis haven't made money yet at the bottom line so that the people that lent them the money like the government-backed funding and like the banks. So the banks are hurting because their timelines for return on investment were unrealistic. So they said to me, like, once we start seeing that the money is coming back and that we're the investments that they specifically made in the big companies that they set up comes back profitably, which we may never see because that's not how you properly make cannabis. <laughs> that's part of the problem is we have to stay in that cover of we're working on this, but without having to inter interact with you until we've got it proven that we are successful overarchingly as an industry. Yes. So yeah, we, we, so it certainly shows the work that we still have to do, but you know, we know what we have to do. So that that's at least one step ahead as opposed to being like, well, how do we do this? Well, we know then the vehicle to, to uh, create change. And speaking of change, let's move on to change makers and tell us why Cody Peterson is the change maker this week. Yeah. So I actually never met Cody. I've only spoken with him through LinkedIn over messages, uh, both publicly and, and privately. And, and basically I call him an, an, a LinkedIn influencer. So he has quite a strong stance around cannabis from a medical and pharmacological background. He actually is a pediatric pharmacist and a medical cannabis professional and advocate and a student and educator. And his image right here of his, um, his teacher giving a talk, this is to the fire department, I think in Pennsylvania or something, or Maryland, yeah, so Baltimore, Maryland. So he gives talks to big institutional groups uh, around cannabis, which is why I wanted to bring him up because he's a scientist, he's a doctor, or actually he's not a, he's not a doctor, he's a research, uh, he's a PhD in uh, pharma pharmacy. So the point is, is that he's actually not a doctor, similar to Ruth Fisher and other people that have doctorates, like Dr. Earl Oliver is another example, 
they're not doctors, they're research um, doctors or PhDs, which means that their experience is on adding up research and then using that compounded research to show the efficacy of cannabis. And that's what he does. So he, he's been doing all this research for quite a while. And in this case, he started to use analogies. And we talked about how analogies can be really powerful to explaining things to a 10-year-old or a five-year-old because it relates it back to something that the, the individual who doesn't quite get it can understand because it relates to something that they have an experience with. So the one example was he was using, um, he was talking about the analogy between the ECS or the endocannabinoid system and how little we actually understand about it um, that helps grasp the help grasp the complexity of cannabis, the plant, because plants hold the keys. So here's our analogy, the keys that are yet to be labeled to match the locks in our skyscraper bodies. So I love this analogy. And this is why I was uh, totally embracing him this week is because He's talking about how how complex is a skyscraper with the number of doors that are in a building that big, like, you know, 30 stories or more. How many doors are in that place? And a janitor or someone that would have access to all those doors would have a big key ring, you know, jingling around in their pocket, you know, often characterized by many movies and things we've seen. There's a key that fits every lock, like before fobs, basically. And if you don't have the label to each key, you have no idea which lock that key is going to fit. So what he's saying here is that we know that there's a lock and key scenario between the endocannabinoid system and cannabis, uh, the plant, and the endocannabinoid system is in every body, but we don't have the labels for all of the locks and keys that match. So we know virtually it works, but we just don't know the detailed, you know, math or pattern or map or, you know, to labels that go with each of those things. And we don't know them yet because it was so early in the study of this in like the 30 years since it was discovered by uh, Raphael Makula and various researchers, we still are so infantile in how we understand that system as a body system. And it will come with more understanding of that body system, which is the work that he does and puts out on LinkedIn is great pictures of cellular structures and body systems and cannabinoid, you know, chemistry that that kind of science from the body side of it, the ECS side of it will be part of that answer. And he's doing it really well, nailing it with using analogies that are simple to understand. And I have here the, this is actually a meme that I made based on reading his stuff. It, it was so clear to me what he was talking about after reading his article that I came up with this one myself, which is stress plus imbalance plus released endocannabinoids. So those are the ones your bodies release that can be supplemented with cannabis from the plant equals homeostasis. So this equation is a very simple math additive thing is ultimately what we don't know yet is that we recognize that there's a lot of stress in our life, hard to quantify, hard to determine what that is at any given point. Could just be a bunch of stuff on fire. Could be just you're having a bad day or something in between. And an imbalance is what every person experiences when they're not doing well, they're not chill, they're like all over the crazy, whatever, they're having a bad day, they're not stable in some way, shape or form. And a release of endocannabinoids comes out of our body. So we make them ourselves and the plant can supplement that. And the cumulative effect of that is homeostasis, good vibes, we're chilling. And that's the kind of meme and the examples that I think really resonate with myself and help it explain it to people that maybe just don't have that much experience with that themselves. Well, and, you know, the, the, the key uh, example is just so great because just like every key, 
uh, is unique to each door or nowadays fobs or garage door openers, uh, even in, in that in that sense. Our endocannabinoid system is different for each person and how, you know, you and I could share the same joint. Well, we wouldn't be sharing it these days, but we could smoke the same uh, cultivar right. and get a totally different uh, impact. And, and that's why it's so important for people um, that, you know, like I use, uh, yeah, I use cannabis recreationally for fun, but I also use it uh, to help with certain things in my life, like mental health and, you know, doing some research on, you know, specific terpenes, limonene, myrcene, uh, caryophylline have been known to help and, you know, not just saying, okay, I'm going to go get all these uh, terpenes, but getting them and trying them and saying, okay, this does work for me, but this does not work for me or, or vice versa or whatever it is. So, you know, the, the research uh, into the plant is done by scientists and it's done by us doing our own research exactly. with our own yeah. impact and own experience with the plant. You're right. And you're the janitor holding the ring of keys to your own body skyscraper. And you're the only one that's going to be able to figure that out by actually trying each one. So that's the big key. That's a piece of the companies, the marketing and the branding and the, the LPs have not quite figured out yet is that they think that just because one person has that a great experience, that everyone is going to have that great experience. And that just is never true in, with cannabis. So I feel that that's part of the problem is that our understanding of the ECS system will unlock the industry much better than if we just look at the plant. Indeed. All right, let's get to what it means to be green and you're talking about certified green e-climate certifications yeah so this is actually i mean i use this uh example of a, a certified program actually because i'm quite respectable of it uh this is a group that i actually did my um accelerator program with was the decarbon app and, and they've come out with a, a not them but they joined group forces with a, a global thing around becoming green e-certified and climate certified. Well, what does that mean? Well, it kind of depends on where you are. So the answer to this is it's a logo. It's a logo that is trusted. It's trusted by their customers. It's trusted by other people that have gone through the process to get Greeny certified. It's essentially some sort of process that, you know, people have written down and recorded and followed and paid for. And then as a result of doing that process, um, and having outcomes that measure the effects of that process, like measuring their, you know, carbon offsets and measuring their wastewater and measuring their temperature control and how much money they spend. By measuring all of those things in that process, that's how they got the stamp of, you know, Green E-certified. They essentially paid for someone else to come in, a third party to come in and do that work with them. And that's how you get Green E-certified. But this is exactly a, an example of every other kind of thing that's certified. And, and I, I just wanted to explain this because there's been quite a bit of, um, I'm going to say, multiple different perspectives on, let's say, for example, quality or organic or sustainable um, as they apply to the cannabis industry. And this is something I've been in many conversations with people around the globe on. And what they keep thinking is that, oh, if we have this certification, then we all agree that that's the truth. And the answer is it does not work that way. And this is a this quadrant is like what is it five by five boxes. These are these all mean the same thing. These are all organic certifications around <laughs> the globe. Much of them are the same country. There's a, several from USA. Pretty sure there's not one on there from Canada. And there that's indi indicative that other people around the world decide on a system, sell it for a bunch of money. Third party people come in and evaluate that, that system is, is done properly and there's a, they have a, a financial stake in, in the proof, right? So there's a little bit of a 
issue with that. And then they get that, that company that paid for that service gets these logos on their thing and people trust that logo to mean something. But the consumer doesn't always look in to see what does that mean. And that's really the big part about certification is especially in a new industry like we're in with cannabis, people can decide we're going to make a certification that means X and it's going to cost a producer or a company so many dollars to, to get Y or the, the proof that they have that thing. But it's an added value that is only a value to the people that agree on it and have and trust in it. So this is an example of what I'm trying to say is that there is no common thing around the world or even in Canada on what certification is. And this just hasn't been developed yet. We haven't built that, tr that trust. And for Canadians, we're all about standards and quality and, and trust in that. Um, so I think that this is just a, an example of how we have a lot of work to do and coming to agreement on these kinds of, you know, things and these kinds of codes of conduct and ethical guidelines and what does it mean to be to be organic or sustainable or green are up for debate and up for decision on who's going to buy into them. So it's just sort of a cautionary uh, lens on that. Yeah, it, it we need as much transparency, uh, particularly in this industry, as we can possibly get to, uh, because there's already, as we've talked about a lot, a, a large stigma towards the cannabis space. If uh, you want to find out how Melka can help you, uh, jump online at www.greengencompany.com. Thanks so much, Melka. Enjoy the sunshine while it's out there and it melts all of our snow. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Dean. Have a great day. Check us out and follow us on social media. Cannabis 101 on Twitter, at the Cannabis 101 Podcast on Instagram, and at the Canna 101 Podcast on Facebook. You can email us at Cannabis101Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>